0: Welcome everybody to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Glad to be with you. I am John Harris, your host. For this, well, that's Wednesday. Whether it's in-season, out-of-season, Wednesday is my day. Monday's my day. And then Friday I share with the man to my right, the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, how are you?
1: Johnny, I'm great. You know, all right, we're not Lennon and McCartney, right? But in the Texans radio world, we kind of are.
0: Yeah. In, in of,
1: that, yeah. you know, we trade off sing and lead. But we still harmonize
0: together. So, okay, you're you're right about that, Lennon McCartney. So, is George Deepy or is George Drew? I think
1: that. um,
0: I would think George is Deepy, and then Ringo is Drew.
1: Yeah, sense of humor wise, yes. I think that's the way it would. Now, if we get into the booth, you're George, and Andre and I are Lennon McCartney. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> and there is no Ringo yeah. Hensley, our producer.
0: But then again, George Harrison did go out and do a nice solo album at some point. So
1: Harrison wrote a lot of good Beatles he did. songs too. He did. You know, and you know George had a great solo career. George was one of he was probably the most respected. Beat, he, he was the technician too. Like, mm-hmm. and so this kind of plays into your world a little bit. It does. You know, you're the Very only one so. of the like, three to have coached.
0: That's that's right. So, so. I, I appreciate the fact that I am George Harrison. i mm-hmm. I'm trying to except who, you're
1: still alive. That's important. That is important.
0: Mm-hmm. How many of you is, is McCartney the only no, – McCar- Ringo.
1: Ringo's alive too. Yeah, McCartney's still What's
0: alive. What's Ringo been doing? Uh, he
1: still tours a little bit, I think, with Ringo's all-star band. He puts together a band of all-stars. They go around. I think it's a pretty cool idea. So he's done some of that stuff, and he's – I believe he's older than the rest, although now it doesn't matter as much. But at the time when he joined the band and he replaced Pete Best, that's legendary. Can oh, I, my gosh.
0: Can I say something blasphemous? Go ahead. I was driving the other day, and Sirius XM in my wife's car, we had it on. I was flipping the stations, and I got to Channel 18, which is the Beatles station. Yeah. And it came on, and it was on for a few seconds, and I turned it off. And my daughter, who is 15, said, what are you doing? I said, I don't, I don't listen to Beatles. Oh. And she goes, what? I was your like, daughter? I love her. I was like, yeah, whatever. I listen to something else. I don't want to listen to Beatles. And she goes, Dad. I'm shocked. And she was, like, shocked and appalled. I did not want to listen to That is to the so great. It's like, good for her. She's a very old, she's an old soul. I mean, she's going to hear that and think that I'm calling it. She's an old soul. I mean, she mm-hmm. she loves, she she likes Beatles, which I was I found out. But she loves the 80s. Anything about the 80s or 70s, she likes to dress in 70s clothes. I'm like. You know who
1: the Beatles of rap are, in my opinion? Boys? No, the straight out of Compton guys. Oh, NWA? Be- yeah, because it, it existed obviously mm-hmm. just like rock and roll existed before yeah. the beatles but they took it to a whole other level and i think that's yeah. what the nwa guys did
0: i, I could see that mm-hmm. that's a very interesting debate i know lamont's listening going no y'all are wrong the beatles i, no, could, I, could I think i think i'm right nwa on this changed one. the game i, I think nwa I'm, changed the game there's no
1: question no no doubt. I think I got this one, although I'm no expert in the field. Trust me on this. Oh, by <laughs> the are. way, I know you have things to do, but I wanted to clean up one thing from yesterday. Okay. Who's a player from practice yesterday that I really enjoyed watching? And I thought he had a good practice. Because the week before, I thought Sammy Coates was a highlight when they were practicing mm-hmm. in the bubble, yeah. getting out of the heat. They were outside yesterday. And Braxton Miller had the yes. kind of practice yes, that right. made – it was one of those – and we talk about this with all our training camp shows. One of those – I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? You guys haven't been talking about me enough, so right. here I am catching a lot of balls today just to make you notice that I'm still on the roster and I will be reckoned with come Greenbrier time.
0: He just – Drew and I talked about it on the field. We were talking and Braxton made a catch and got up field, and Drew just said, man, he looks faster. And it's interesting when you say that about an NFL player. Well, he looks faster because – Guys typically don't get faster in their careers. I mean, right. By The time they get to the NFL, they are what they are. If anything else, they're going to lose a step in time.
1: But can you play faster?
0: That's exactly right. That's the point. He's playing much faster. Hmm. And I think that's really – that's helping him. Obviously, no pads. But but for the receiving game and for the passing game, it doesn't really matter. Because right. you're, you're getting to the areas you need to. You're catching the football. And when he's catching it and then getting a field – Then he's making people miss. You're right. It's don't forget about me, Braxton Miller.
1: Well, let me ask you this, Johnny, because we always say with him, all right, he's learning the position. He wasn't a a receiver originally. He was a quarterback at Ohio State, and he's trying to make it as an NFL receiver. So we're all waiting for this light to go on, for lack of a better way of putting it. And it really hasn't gone on yet to the consistency level that you want to see, clearly. And he'd be the first to tell you that. But is it possible, and I'm not saying that it's happening, but is it possible that the light could go on? now sure. maybe the light's going oh, on
0: absolutely i mean i think over the years in in the nfl there, there have been players where that's that's certainly happened where first year not a whole lot second year and eh, you know then third year all of a sudden boom pop on the scene i mean right uh trust you
1: see all the other talent that has been brought yeah, in
0: yeah absolutely and you feel you feel challenged by that a guy like you know victor cruz is a pretty good story with the giants I mean, he's undrafted but You know, as an undrafted player, he made some plays in preseason camp, but he didn't get himself on the roster. Then the next year, there are some injuries there at the receiver position for the Giants. He gets an opportunity, and then he takes off with it. And that happened, I think, in his second or his third year when he was with uh, the New York Giants. So it, it can happen at any point. I think we had such high expectations for Braxton coming in because he was a known commodity. But we knew him as quarterback, yeah, all Big Ten Player of the Year quarterback, Braxton and making Miller. some plays with the ball yeah. in his
1: hands in space. Highlight
0: plays that. Yep. He just he hasn't gotten to that point yet for for look a myriad of reasons. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? Being I know when I was being healthy, I, I remember that the Raiders game in Mexico City, mm-hmm. he put that move on David Amerson for that touchdown catch, and he throws him. He just went up on him one on one, shook to the left. Went back to the inside, and Amerson's lost. And he catches that touchdown pass. I remember interviewing him after the game thinking, okay, here we go. Turning point. This is the time where he really starts to turn it around and become the Braxton Miller that we're used to. And then he got hurt a week or two later and then yep. was, I think, done for the rest of the year at that point. And then last year, he got hurt in training camp, never really got back on track, never really got in sync. And then he got back in the line. He was inactive for a few weeks, and he got back in the line, had that touchdown against the Browns. And I thought, okay, maybe that's going to bust him out a little that's bit. The one. But then you had such great play from Will and from DeAndre, and Bruce was in a really nice groove. So it was kind of hard to find snaps for him at that point. He's going to have to go snatch those snaps from people this year. Mm-hmm. He's really just going to have to go, no, I'm playing so well that you're going to have to play me, that I'm going to nudge Kiki QT out of here. That Bruce is going to have to step aside, and I'm the guy that everybody wanted to be in that spot. Originally, I'm going to be that guy. That's what he's going to. That's what he's going to have to do. But man, whether you get it from Braxton, Bruce, Kiki, all of them, two of them, hopefully you just get it from one of them. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. But you know, to me, I, I've said this. I don't know. I don't know how natural Braxton, as an inside receiver, ever is. But you watch him outside. You're like, ah, he looks pretty good out here. He looks like he's no He knows what he's doing. But you've got Will and DeAndre out there, so he's going to have to learn to exist playing on the inside a little bit. Or or what they've done a lot of is on third down, move DeAndre inside. Maybe that's where Braxton could step up and be that guy on the outside. You but think DeAndre could do some
1: damage in the slot? Oh, man. Or he, anywhere he lines yeah, up. Yeah,
0: he's, he's done it. And we, he and I have talked about that. I mean, that same Raiders game, when we were down in Mexico City, was after the game, he was sitting in his locker, and he just, he kind of was sitting there, he was kind of upset. He, saw me, he was like bro. And I walked over, and uh, – <laughs> He just goes, I was killing him from the slot tonight. I was like, yeah. I know. Every time you got loose in the slot, he goes, I should be in the slot more often. I was like, yeah. I mean, you know, just have this conversation. Well, he likes being in there because that's, I think, what separates him from some of the other guys throughout the league is he can go inside and dominate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And dominate you.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I should be inside more often, but outside I'm one of the best in the game, if yeah, not the exactly. best. So <laughs> exactly. where are you going to put me? I know. Anywhere
0: works. Absolutely. No question. All right, Mark. We talk about the roster a little bit. We've yep. talking about that slot position. You talked about Braxton being, and this is we'll do this segment down the road, mm-hmm. the don't you forget about me. <laughs> Was that Simple Minds that said that don't you forget exactly. about me? Exactly, Breakfast Club. Uh, yeah, uh, Simple Minds, don't you forget about me. I want to go subterranean. This subterranean. is your favorite category. Mm-hmm. Those players that are going to fight for that 52nd and 53rd spot on this roster. That may not always be active on Sunday, but, man, they've got a chance. Subterranean-type guys that nobody is is talking about. Right.
1: Which I got a means, couple. Yeah, okay.
0: Subterranean guy, number one, go.
1: All right, well, his name did come up a little bit, and that's Troy Main Pope, the yeah. second-year running back from Jacksonville State. Good one. Getting a lot of reps. Mm-hmm. And where's number 33, folks? So if you see him in the videos, the photos, whatever brief practice videos you're going to see out of HoustonTexans.com, we can't show you the whole practice, but you'll notice him. He does make plays in this context. Sure. Okay, I'm not ready to send him to Orlando, but let's just uh, keep our eyes on him. I'm going to give you two defensive backs that are worth watching, especially when we get to the Greenbrier, when they put on the pads and everything. D. Virgin, who's in his second year. Good one and obviously that's somebody that Anthony Midget will talk yep. about. And you also look at um, Andre Chassere. Yeah. Chassere. Chassere. I think that's it. All right. I'm, not look, related, work not related to Tony. Yeah. Not, not related I, to Tony. We've talked about him just because of his name being difficult to pronounce. Right. Chassere. He's a guy – Andre Chassere will be – I'm not gonna say he's gonna make the team or anything, mm-hmm. but let's just watch him develop. Yep. Let's watch him come in here, try to do some damage. Rookie from San Jose State, six feet, two hundred pounds, so you like the size. It seems like everybody they have, correct me if I'm wrong, virtually everybody they have can run. Yep. Can run like that yep. not necessarily sub four four, but right in that neighborhood and that general zip code. Yep. So you're looking at fast, you're looking at big enough, and let's see how
0: he fares. Shay has made some plays in practice too. And mm-hmm. When I watch him, and then I watch thirty-five, it's like 37-35, is your Kelly. Yep. Thinking, man, he's made. They manned they man the corner for San Jose State. My goodness, this team could have been a whole heck of a lot better. They could <laughs> score the football, but the those two guys, they're they're definitely, I mean, definitely going to be heard from in this process. Seventh rounder, undrafted guys. Those are two guys I think absolutely are going to end up being a factor in this. What
1: kind of pressure you think it puts on Kelly, who's a great guy by the yeah. way? We interviewed him on draft day or draft weekend. To have Chassaray here as well, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's like I've been drafted, you haven't. Yeah. You're here trying to make the team, so am I. Really? Right. The seventh
0: round draft exactly. choice. Nothing's
1: written in stone here, but man, there's a lot of pressure on me to stay ahead of you.
0: Yeah, I, there's no question. If I'm if I'm Jermaine Kelly. I'm feeling that pressure a little bit. Yeah. I'm feeling it because when when Shasta Ray is making pr- plays in practice, coaches are like, hey, wait a second. We drafted this guy, <laughs> but it's the other guy that's going to end up making yeah. plays. Now, who knows? They made it, They might have been very, very closely graded mm-hmm. depending on how the Texans look. They it's so been, early, and we're, you know, you know, we're know. looking
1: at limited snaps anyway, but it is fun Divergence to talk about. a good one. D-Virgin is a very good one. I've noticed him. Yeah, you know he's. It's a good most, way of
0: putting it. You noticed
1: him. He's. Yeah, noticing is good in that you. You don't want to notice him like, oh, he gets beat a lot. You <laughs> want to notice him making plays here yeah. and there, being in the right spot, and maybe it's a good throw. But hey, the guy broke it up, or he yep. you know just didn't put it in the tight window or whatever.
0: So I'll continue to watch, and we're in that number thirty-four. It's interesting. Well, I thought about that the other day. listening to our good friend Patty Smith talk about the number 34 cuz it got me thinking man who's wearing 34 for oh it's D Virgin you yeah. got a lot to live up to in this town i know a lot
1: you know if you're that young though are you really even thinking along those lines although irvin moved right off the number yeah he went right to 20 he did the aj boye
0: thing yeah he went from 34 to 21 mm-hmm. like aj did the Hoping exact for same some thing 21 magic irvin. he went right to 21 so hopefully hopefully Tyler Irving can get back cuz he ends up being he ends up – Tyler Irvin goes with Braxton Miller a little bit in the don't-you-forget-about-me category.
1: All right, so there are a couple of other tight ends that are definitely worth mentioning. First of all, if you want to go all-airport team, Matt Lengel, we've talked about him a little bit, 6'7", yep. 265. He looks like C.J. Fedorowitz out there if you squint your eyes. I yep. mean, the guy's huge. I'm not saying he's going to play like him, but I've seen him make some catches. Mm-hmm. You know, Giovanni Robinson, very, very interesting. Johnny, he's listed 6'8", 225. That was going to be mine. I don't. I don't think he's two twenty five. No, 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 no. He looks two fifty. Yeah, he's he's six He looks big. I don't. This could be a misprint here.
0: No, I think it is. I mean, I think it's a college. And keep in mind, he played basketball in college. Javante Robinson was going to be mine because he's a guy that when you look at the tight the tight end position, very interesting to me, very because you lose CJ and you go, oh, that's a huge huge loss considering obviously what CJ gave you in twenty sixteen, but then from that point forward after losing CJ. They claim Lenglund waivers. Mm-hmm. They they had Giovanni Robinson on practice squad. They had Michael Pruitt. They had Michael Pruitt mm-hmm. already on practice squad and also made the fifty three. And then they added the two tight end, the two rookie tight ends, yeah. and the two Jordans. You want so, to talk about pressure. Man. And oh, by the way, they still have Ryan Griffin and Steven Anderson. Yeah. Tim Kelly, position coach, gonna have his hands full with that one. But Giovanni Robinson was gonna be my training guy. Don't forget about this guy. A former basketball player with skills and looks the part certainly does
1: certainly that's why i said all airport you know they look great in the (laughs) airport you got to see if they can play on the field but they've at least passed the all airport sight test but mentioning pruitt I keep seeing That's him making one. plays. That's another one. And, you know, hes it's logical because he's been here. Mm-hmm. He knows the system. Yep. So we shouldn't freak out when he's making plays. He's
0: 6'2", 245, not the biggest guy in the world. But according he's built to the, like a tank, though.
1: Yeah, he's built. I mean, you see seen numbers numbers his legs quite and calves, calves yeah. are
0: just massive. And I remember seeing him at, at Southern Illinois when I was doing study on FCS players a couple summers ago. And I went through and I found – I was looking at the All-America teams, like, okay, give me the players that stand up that are juniors Mm -hmm. or non-seniors. And so I see this guy, Michael Pruitt. I'm like, so let's go check this guy out. like, whoa, this guy can play. Holy smokes. And then he ends up with us. And, look, he's got an opportunity. That position, I think, when it comes to preseason, and you can take Michael Pruitt, take Giovanni Robinson, those two are – they would definitely be on my subterranean group. Guys that are going to have to – fight for everything, but man, with the athletic ability they have, they're going to be right there in the mix.
1: Super competitive position group, and it's not like, I'm not saying you have Hall of Famers here necessarily, but the numbers are so voluminous all of a sudden that you feel good about coming out of the pack, coming out of camp with a couple of guys who can really help you. Griffin's going to be on the team. I think Steven Anderson's receiving capability yes. speaks for itself, but it is going to be highly competitive. How many yes. do they keep? Do the kickoff rules
0: come into play here? I don't know. Uh, that's a great question. We talked to Brad Seely about that last night. We will talk to defensive backs coach Anthony Midget next. Not about the kickoffs, but we ask him and we'll ask him about the new secondary additions and those rookies we just talked about right here at Texans All Access. 2017 was as tough a year for the Houston Texans secondary as maybe they've had since 2010. There, as a result, has been a ton of changes from the additions in the secondary, Tyron Matthew, Aaron Colvin in free agency, Johnson Batamosi in free agency, also in the rookies, in the draft, Jermaine Kelly Jr., and also the first pick for the Texans in 2018, Justin Reed. There is also change at the top in the leadership of that position. Anthony Midget takes over as the leader in the secondary. Now, he had worked a lot with the young guys in the safeties in prior years. He steps up and takes on the role as the defensive backs coach for 2018. He's a guy that I've known about for a long time. He played at Virginia Tech, and he played on that team in 99 that went to a national championship game. He was a senior on that team. When a certain redshirt freshman took over, a lefty, a guy by the name of Vic, took that team and took it to the national championship game. And Anthony was a part of that team. So I've always wanted to kind of fanboy out and talk to Anthony about that. But he's great to talk about. And we'll have that conversation for you now, talking about the additions, talking about Vic, the impact of a guy like Watson on this team last year. Here's our conversation with secondary coach Anthony Midget.
1: Defensive backs coach Anthony Midget with us in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. How's it going, coach?
2: Going good. How you doing?
1: Well, great to have you. This is your first ever visit. All right. And I asked you in the hallway or something recently, how's your voice? I mean, you're using your voice more than ever now. That's got to be true, right, as the head defensive backs <laughs> coach as opposed to the
0: assistant.
2: Uh, just a tad bit. Right. Just coming off the field, you, see, you can hear it a little bit, but only when the guys make me use it.
0: No, I, listen, that's that's your voice all the time. Don't don't <laughs> kid anybody. Coach, the secondary, we, we talked about it throughout the season last year, tough year last year, but some additions. Aaron Colvin and Tyra Matthew, what do those guys bring to the secondary, being added to the guys that are already back there?
2: Um, You look at guys that have a lot of playing experience in the NFL and then add them to the core guys that we have. They're going to come in and add depth and competition to the position, and that's what Coach um, O'Brien and Brian Gane, um is building this thing on, Is competition, so the more guys we can add, to the room that we can bring to the competition, that's good for us.
1: Not everybody's completely healthy, but when you see Kevin Johnson out there and Jonathan Joseph and Kareem Jackson along with the new additions, that's gotta be a real feather in your cap.
2: Um that's good. because um, J Joe, K Jack, Kevin, those guys have played a lot of um football for us and adding Tyron and Aaron to the um mix. It's been good and you know, Kevin is, you know, putting the focus on having a really good offseason. He's been doing a good job um in practicing the OTAs and um Jonathan Joseph been doing a good job with his leadership. Jonathan Joseph it feels like he could play forever it seems you watch him and you wouldn't think that
0: he's 32 33 whatever he is what's what's his secret i mean he won't tell you obviously but what do you see as his coach what do you see his secret
2: um he's great in the meeting room he's a student of the game his football iq is off the charts and um i think you know that's the thing that gives him the edge and also you know the guy's ability and he's been able you know as he's gone on in his career just take care of his body he's in here um working and doing the things he need to do um to stay healthy and um play a 16 game season
1: he can still run too i mean that's got to help i once i think that i helps. asked I asked him last year well what i mean run in the football coach <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah fast no you i know, understood
0: he, what you meant you
1: don't have to say the fast part but he i think we asked him last year who would win a
2: 40 and he threw his name in there with yeah. among the best on the team he still has the speed he says i think he'll still be in there you can see him you know going against guys like fuller every day and you know helping us get better because the guys can stretch the field and you know, he's still running and doing a good job. But also, you know, I just go back to J. Joe's such a student of the game, and he studies, and he puts in the time, and that gives him the edge. Coach, since you were playing
0: till now, what's been the biggest change in, in your world, in the secondary world? It feels like back when in the late 90s it was there was cover one, two, three, four, maybe a few hybrid covers, maybe a little bit. Now it feels like there's so much crazy stuff going on in the secondary with coverages. How complex has it gotten? How much has it changed from when you started playing until now?
2: I think the core is still the same, but there are some change-up and variations to those base, you know, the ones, the twos, and the fours, and all the threes that you do that you try to mix in and just give the quarterbacks um a different look. How tough is that? When you're
0: facing a guy like Tom Brady, how tough is that to go, he's seen everything. I mean, is there anything new in – and creative I guess you can throw at a quarterback like that how tough is it to face a guy like that that's seen everything
2: it's very tough you know a guy that's been playing a long time seen a lot of defenses people have thrown a ton of stuff at him and he's been doing it for a while he puts in the time and that just put the pressure on us as a defense to give him multiple looks to disguise and our coverages so we're not giving him the answers to the test and still making him think on the run
1: Secondary coach Anthony Midget with us in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Okay, couple of guys here: D. Virgin entering year two. Tell us about him a little bit, and Justin Reed entering year one, the rookie from Stanford.
2: Um, D. was with us last year. Was on the practice squad. Um, got a chance to work with him because I worked with a lot of the younger guys on last year, and he's came and had a good off season coming in every day. He's a strong guy in the weight room, and also you know get him on the field, and he's doing a good job. He think he's had a good off season. Um, Justin Reed is a guy that we're excited about. You know, good size, good athleticism, adding to the position. And he does a good job in the meeting room. You know, he puts in the time. He's a football – he loves football, and he studies, and he puts in the extra time. So I'm excited to see when we put the pads on in camp and um, see him compete. Coach, what about Treston
0: Deku? Guy, when you put the pads on, he's a pretty impressive-looking guy. What about him in his second year?
2: Um, He's been having a good offseason, making a transition, you know, over to safety. He has some size, he has some length. And then we put the pads on in camp, you know, that's going to be a big deal for him. know being able to show he physically can hold up playing that position
0: I I remember having played secondary way way long long time ago I know you can't believe that but I remember my coach saying at the time if you could play corner you could play safety is that axiom sort of still true that if you could play a little bit of corner that helps you play in safety and I don't know if vice versa works, but how does it help that he played corner, but now he's moving back to safety?
2: I think it's good in a sense because you, you take his athleticism from the corner position and put it at the um, safety position, and it's a space game now. Yeah. our teams are putting, spacing you out, getting slot receiver matched up on safety, so – it should benefit him playing corner. Yeah, I was just a box guy. So the, <laughs> That's old school. Yeah, that's old school. Yeah, We don't have those guys. You no. don't have that guy anymore, they They are wheel linebackers now. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: true. What about the mental aspect of being a defensive back, whether it's corner or safety, and the ability? They always say amnesia. you got to be able to forget the bad play, just move on to the next.
2: I use the term Fido, forget it, drive on. You know, things going to happen back there. You know, the average fan probably won't see the – stuff that's going on up front but anybody that knows very little football can tell if a guy got behind you or not right and it's times like that when you give up a big play we have to be at our best to let it go and move on to the next play and not to let it affect us going forward and that's been a big emphasis we've put on this off season, just that we have a back play just continue to move on and continue to play
0: coach when you saw Deshaun last year and faced him in practice did you have any flashbacks to a certain left-hander that you used to play against in college, you Used to co,
2: you used to play with in college, I should say? Yep, Michael Vick. Yeah. Um, you know, Deshaun, when we, he first got here, the thing that I noticed, and even just being a fan of college football and watching him, just no matter what the situation was, the guy's poised and he was always the same. It never got too big for him. You could see it on the practice field with his demeanor, his leadership, and guys just gravitate toward him, and that's what he's shown and continuing to improve on. What was Vick like in practice? He was competitive, um, tough. <laughs> and I tell this story all the time. Like um, when Vic first was able, because he redshirted his first yeah. year, probably should have started his true freshman as yeah. soon as he walked on campus. And the only guy can catch his ball was the guy that was on the scout team with him because <laughs> he had a seed, man. Yeah. I mean, it was a mm-hmm. strong arm. Yeah. So. But good teammate. Yeah. It's Outstanding. Electric.
1: <laughs> One more for you. We always talk about the tightness of the groups, offensive line, defensive backs. Why defensive backs? What's your what's your pitch here for being the tightest position group?
2: It's just that brotherhood when you walk in because we're always communicating with each, with each other around each other, and that's what we got to do on the field. We constantly it's the same thing as the O line because every every play those guys have to communicate and they have to be tight. So those guys are hanging together off the field in the classroom just doing a good job. So um, the DBs were all tight.
1: Giving the love to the O line like a coach would. Because yeah, the
2: players don't brutal. do that. All right, Coach, thanks a lot for joining us. All right, us. thank you. I appreciate it.
0: There is secondary coach Anthony Midget in his first year as the guy in the secondary, but he has a lot of knowledge of this team having been here since Bill O'Brien got here in 2014. I think he is going to be great for this secondary, having been a guy that played in the league. These players respect him. They know him. But that's a really competitive bunch. And they're learning every single day. And I see the DBs every day in the hallway. And I see Aaron Colvin with Tyra Matthew. I see J. Joe with Aaron Colvin. I see Kevin Johnson and Tyra Matthew all talking, all communicating. After coming out of meetings, it's really great to see. Because of all the units on this team we talked about, there's been so much change. But it's also a group that, A, can benefit from all the change, especially if guys are healthy up front because they can turn teams over. Guys like Tyron Matthew, Aaron Colvin, they can be ball hawks turning the ball back over to the offense, and this is obviously an offense you want to have with the ball in its hands. So this secondary is, is going to look completely different. One of the things I've noticed about OTAs, nothing ever looks the same. From one day to the next, from one drive to the next, one drill to the next, we're thinking the secondary looks a little bit different. These four players, these five players out this time, these five out the next time, this mix, maybe the same five guys, different spots. The secondary looks completely different than it has previously. And I'm very curious to see how it's going to all come together. But at least we know the pieces. As I mentioned, Justin Reed, Jermaine Kelly Jr. added, Tyron Colvin, Johnson Batamosi, and Tyron Matthew. All added to that mix. And then, of course, the man right there leading the group is Anthony Midget. All right. Drew Doherty is going to stop by. It's time for two to go. I'll explain what that means next right here in Texans All Access. One final segment of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm John Harris. Right here with Drew Doherty and Day, we're going to do something called Two to Go. All right. And what that means is we've got categories. We have four different categories, and we probably could do more, but we're going to do that just because we want to keep this to, oh, I don't know, a, a, a reasonable listening experience in mm-hmm. time. But, don't, want be, don't want to be ponderous. Right. We want to go, don't want to go too far. So we've come up with categories, and our Two to Go, one for Drew, one for me. As it pertains to the 2018 Texans, because we've had a chance to see them at our OTAs a couple times, a couple times, three times now. And they're going into mandatory minicamp next week. Mm-hmm. And then they're gone. And the next time we're going to see these guys is going to be up in West Virginia training camp. Uh, it's crazy. It's almost here. As I said to Mark yesterday, Drew, training camp is next month, which is wild to think about. Yeah. But it's upon us. So figured we'd do two to go. And a lot of the names that you're going to hear today, you're not going to hear DeAndre Hopkins. You're not going to hear Jadavion Clowney. You're not J. going to hear Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. Yeah. You're not going to hear those type names because everybody knows those type names. We need to impart to you some names that wow, okay, I hadn't thought about that guy. Yep. And we'll start with number one. For two to go, one from one from me, one from Drew. Drew will go first. The player that could impact 2018 more than you expected heading into OTAs.
3: I got it. Okay, yep. and it's probably a guy that you should have thought anyway, or I should have thought anyway, but I've been very impressed with what I've seen from him. I'm going to go with Zach Fulton. Oh, good. He was okay. signed in the offseason. He's one of the offensive linemen. He was brought in from the Chiefs, and he's been playing center yep. during OTAs. Now, Nick Martin was your center last year, did a pretty good job until things went south health-wise for him. But... Zach Fulton can play guard as well. But does he play center well enough now that it's it lets you move Nick Martin to guard? Or does Nick Martin slide back in and you got Fulton at center? But I've just been very, very impressed with, A, his leadership, mm-hmm. his versatility, and what he can do to this line because I think you've really bolstered the inside guard-center-guard part of your line. No matter where you wind up playing this guy – and that's a big deal because you really struggled there at times in 2018, excuse me, in 2017, even when you were winning in that earlier part of the season. But Zach Fulton is a guy that I've really been impressed with what he's had to do because just by virtue of playing center, you are a leader on the offensive line. You have to have a lot of stuff as far as uh, you know, getting guys in the right spot, recognizing defenses. So I, I like what I've seen from Zach Fulton.
0: I, for mine, I'm going to go maybe a little bit off the page.
3: Yeah, and I know mine wasn't obscure because it's a guy you brought in expecting. But I just don't think the general public really knew too much or thought too much of Fulton
0: when he was signed. I think if there is a position defensively where, I don't want to say the the Texans don't have these type players, and, and I've argued in the past, and I still believe this, that outside linebacker is a spot where, okay, uh, Whitney Merciless is out at, at outside linebacker, mm-hmm. and Brent Scarlett's out at outside linebacker, uh, but who else? Now, the Texans don't play the base defense all that much, and so right. a lot of times it's Witt with J.D. and J.J. and then Reader. and those four yeah. will play up front. They'll play two linebackers, Zach and, Zach and B-Mac, and then they'll play a nickel be behind it or they'll play dime and take one of the linebackers off or D.J. off, or whatever the case might be. So the point being is I don't know that – Depth issues at outside linebacker end up being as big a deal as maybe um, they would be in a normal situation. By normal, I mean you're playing your base defense Mm -hmm. 50, 60, 70% of the time, and now you're only playing your base defense probably 30 to 35% of the time. That said, I think LaTroy Lewis is a guy to watch at outside linebacker.
3: He was brought in the middle of the last year.
0: He was. was, Well, he was brought at the beginning of the year, and they put him on a practice squad, and at the end of the year, he got an opportunity to get on the 53. He had a really good camp with Oakland, but wasn't able to crack it. They had Bruce Irvin, They had Khalil Mack. They just really didn't have room for him. Mm -hmm. He comes here, and I was a big fan of his at Tennessee. Again, a guy, and I've said this many times, I love guys that wear single-digit or low-digit numbers because they're athletes. (laughs) In in college. In college. Can't do it in, in the NFL because of the number rules they have. But in college, he wore number four, and that always caught my attention. And I thought he rushed very well. I thought he was a solid player coming out of Tennessee with some time he could turn into something. Mm -hmm. And just watching him here, I feel like he's got, when the pads go on, he's got an opportunity to really insert himself into that mix with Scarlett, with Merciless, because of the way that he can rush a quarterback. That's a good one. I
3: don't think many people know that name. Say Latroy Lewis. Texas fans, he's wearing number 54 now. He's not wearing single digits. But that's a good one. So we went with Zach Fulton. That's me offensive lineman, and you went with LaTroy Lewis as far as guys who are going to probably impact this team that you didn't think too much of before OTAs.
0: Okay, two to go, second category. Mark likes to use this term subterranean guys. Mm-hmm. Guys that are, like, well, well under the radar. Not just
3: under the radar, subterranean means under the earth. Yeah, so. like
0: way, way, yeah. way, like you're not so even they're tunnel guys thinking about, and these guys are typically guys that are maybe even struggling to get on the bubble, yeah. but you get him to the bubble, you never know what might happen to them. And they've got a chance. They got a chance. Small chance. They got a chance. Drew, yours is. You know, by what you just
3: described, my maybe my guy is closer to Terranian than subterranean. I, th- I still think he's under the radar, but I've been really impressed with Matt Lingle. He's a oh, tight yeah. Good end that the Texans brought in. He's he's got a little bit of experience in the league, but he's still a young guy. But it seems like every time I look up, he's catching a pass, he's getting open. He's got a, a kind of rangier body, so he, he looks like he'll be a matchup problem for some yep. shorter corners or safeties if you put him out there. But he's just, when he's, his number's been called, he's made plays. Yep. He's been in the Patriots system, caught a touchdown from Tom Brady. Yep. So I just kind of think he, the two rookie Jordans at tight end, Aikens and Thomas, as well as Anderson and Griffin, they're, they're going to make it really tough for this coaching staff to have to whittle down that tight end position. I think Lingle is uh, is definitely making it really, really hard there.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. My, my guy is a running back, believe it or uh-huh. not. Uh-huh, who's this? And it's funny because at the second OTA, I remember watching him thinking, boy, he's pocket dynamite, man. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. And I made a note, and then that Friday, Bill O'Brien was on with Triple Threat on our Sports Radio 610. And he mentioned this guy. They they were asking him about some kind of under the radar guys, and he mentioned this guy. And I was like, gummit. I didn't know whether I I should feel good about the fact that I was right on right on lockstep with Bill O'Brien, but I sort of was on this one because Tremaine Pope has been really really good. Now again, you're watching guys that have they're not they don't have the pads on. You know, running backs are not having to break through tackles. But you can see him catch the football. Mm-hmm. He's diminutive. He's he's a he's short, I should say. But he is strong. You look at him; he is built like a brick house. And he just pinballs. Just watching him in college and seeing different things. Watching him in in preseason and seeing some of the highlights from other teams. He just bounces off guys. I mean, yeah. he's got a thick lower trunk. I there's a good up, and he got a lot of reps this last OTA in particular. And so, Tremaine Pope is going to be my sub-training guy.
3: John, you and I were standing by each other on Tuesday at the OTA practice, and I'm not going to say which defender he did this to, oh, but yeah. Pope mm-hmm. broke a guy's knees in a – it was a special yep. teams drill where he gets the ball and the defender has to try and basically yep. touch him. You know, it's it's like two-hand touch because yep. they don't tackle out here. But he, he put a move on this guy. He <laughs> didn't even touch him. And the guy fell down. <laughs> and it was really, really impressive. Yep. it Deshaun Watson was – I mean, the whole – you had lots of ohs around the yep. practice field when they saw it. So, yeah, I like that Troy Mayne Pope. He's making plays. That's May. It's June. But he's making plays when he really needs to and, and should when he's getting his his chances here in OTAs.
0: All right. Category three and our two to go. It just says rookies. Uh-huh. Rookies. Mm-hmm. You get first, you get first pick.
3: Head and shoulders, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball. I've he stood above everybody else rookie-wise, I've thought, with Jordan Akins coming to close second. Kiki QT, man. Yeah. I've really, really been impressed with him. Because, I, you know, I covered Texas Tech for four years, and I saw those guys, and a lot of them, with the exception of Amendola and Crabtree mm-hmm. and Welker, a lot of those receivers really didn't make it in the pros. They right. didn't, You know, they didn't succeed. But, um, and, I, and so I kind of thought, well, it might take a while for Kiki QT. This guy... In addition to all the explosiveness and the speed, this guy's got really good hands, John. I saw him just kind of paw one out of the air, a bullet from Brandon Whedon a couple weeks ago that was at maybe seven yards. It was almost point-blank range. Just snagged it like DeAndre Hopkins would. I was very, very impressed. And Hopkins has said how impressive this guy is, not just on the field, but... Picking Hopkins' brain yep. in between plays in the meeting room. We heard the same from John Perry, the wide receivers coach, yesterday. Kiki QT, I think, is going to have a lot to say as far as playing time and production in the 2018 offense.
0: I'm going to go with the two Jordans. Call us two to go. I'm going to go with two Jordans. Jordan Thomas, Jordan Akins, the two tight ends. Mm-hmm. Those two guys have gotten a ton of reps in OTAs, mm-hmm. and I really – have loved watching what they're doing They're They've caught the ball all over the field. Yeah. I'm talking flat routes, deep routes, intermediate routes all over the field. And I think it's going to be that way. And you mentioned a little while ago, Matt Lengel with Lengel and the two Jordans and with Giovanni Robinson, who I think you could make argument for him being a sub-training sure. guy, a former basketball player who's on practice squad last year. It's enormous. Trying to try develop into a big time tight end. These tight ends, it's going to be a really difficult task for Tim Kelly and his offensive staff to kind of whittle it down. You still have Griffin.
3: You still have Steven An- Anderson. Steven Anderson was the guy that led you in catches and yards last year. And we in went in, group. and
0: this is why I told people, look, you just got to let the offseason play out. Yeah. Because you lost C.J. Fedorowitz and that was a big loss, figuratively and literally. Big loss for this team. But then you added Lengel mm-hmm. through the waiver process. You claimed him off waivers, and he, like you said, has been a big surprise. You had Javani Robinson here, but you really didn't know what he could do because you got him kind of late in the process. And then you add the two Jordans to this; you have completely revamped that tight end, that tight end room. But yet you still have—I don't say the two old standbys, but you've got two standbys in Ryan Griffin and two Steve guys Anderson. that are experienced, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the two Jordans as my rookies. All right, last cool, one, dude. two to go. This doesn't have to be a player; it can be a player that we haven't mentioned. Yeah, it can be something that happened at OTAs. But the last one, two to go, things that have caught your attention. Mine. Is not player related. Do you have one? This can this can run I'm the gamut.
3: Might be stealing yours. I didn't look, but you and I were standing by each other at practice mm-hmm. quite a bit yesterday. And these new kickoff rules have changed the way. Stole mine. Okay. That's well, you that's know what? Okay. That's Let's all right, ex- go with you. will Expand on it, and I've got like a little one B. Okay. Go ahead. That's totally unrelated. But the kickoff rules, the way you're seeing the Texans align themselves on kickoffs, yeah is different than we've seen in the past. Now, it might have. that was probably going to be the case anyway because you have a new coordinator, and Brad Seeley, and he's been around the block. He's seen things. He's had success in the NFL for decades. But because you can't get the run-up that you normally did, right. you're seeing them deployed on that line in front of the kicker. Right at where the ball is. Right where the ball is. So you're seeing them deployed a lot differently. I still don't know how this is going to affect, but you and I kind of kicked it around yesterday, it looks like initially maybe what's going to happen is there's not going to be the depth of defenders, meaning there's a wave at first right. and there's a second wave. It looks like they're going to be more spread out horizontally than right. anything. There's
0: like one wave that's wider as yeah. opposed to two more narrow waves or even three narrow waves like there used to be.
3: Now put your mental asterisk by all this because it's June. Okay, right. We don't know how this... But it certainly is going to affect things, I think, and I think in a major way on kickoffs. I think it's going to be
0: more fun to watch. It was interesting talking to special teams coordinator Brad Seeley about this because this really, this really is – when they changed, when they changed the, the extra point rule, that was just you're kicking it from there to there. The only real strategy element to it was, well, do you want to just go for two versus yeah. going for one? And most teams had defaulted to going for, for, for one – because they know their kicker can kick a 32-yard field goal, and that's essentially what it is. I think this has the opportunity with kickoffs to be a sea change for a number of different reasons. You're, And, and, and Coach Sealy said this yesterday to us. During the first few weeks, you're going to see teams do things, and you're going to go, whoa, I hadn't seen that, I hadn't thought yep. of that. And so that, I think, is going to put a lot of pressure on Brad uh, and Tracy Smith, the two special teams coaches, to try and come up with some unique things to watch during preseason, to see what teams are doing. Are they doing anything a little different than the way you're doing it? Are there tweaks that you can look at and go, ooh, okay, I think we can do this? I think, and, and he he made a great comment. He said the first three weeks and the last three weeks of special teams can always be really difficult because you go from preseason when you get a lot of different players that are fighting for roster spots or doing it through special teams, but then you get to the season, and now you got a bunch of new special teams guys because it's guys that that we're, you know we're going to make the roster. Those other guys got cut, et cetera. And so those first three weeks are going to be tough. Then you throw this on top of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think the first few weeks of special teams are going to be really intriguing. I don't look good or bad, but very intriguing. Like, where do we go with this? Like, what's it going to be? So I'm really curious to see how that all goes. But that's that's definitely one thing that has... Uh, stood out to me was definitely that. You said you had a 1B, I had and a 1B. I got one too.
3: Ufamba Kamalu looks a lot slimmer and okay. trimmer and svelter and quicker than yeah. he did last year. Not that he was slow by any no. means, but just he was bigger. They they were going to move him around. I wonder what he's going to do this year. And I talked to Coach Pagano a little bit about him, and he said it's all about consistency and the effort's all there. He just has to keep putting it
0: together. The weight's on the roster when you see them.
3: There's no way he's 295 right now. He's not 295. There's no way he's 295. He's listed at He was not 300 last year. Yeah, there's no way he's 295.
0: mentioned many times. He's not 300 pounds. Yeah. He's probably in the good 275 range. I'd go with that, yeah. And I think that's... And he wears it well. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's, he's wearing it well. I mean... Sure, I was 275 at one point. My fat life, I did not what, carry it as well. Five, six five, six six. It says six six. Yeah, well, the height I I would definitely go with.
3: Because I just I, I want to see what he. You brought up Latroy Lewis earlier, as far as maybe being a guy that impacts this roster as one of those guys. I I, I want to see what Kamalu does. Because during the preseason yeah. last year, he looked like he was going to be able to do some things for
0: you. No question, you foam Kamalu is going to be somebody we keep our eyes on as we go to training camp. A big thanks to Mark, to Drew. Anthony Midget for stopping by. Really appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texan.